Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. See website for details. It is time now for the sports news for Friday, April the 14th. And your reader for today is Jeff Franklin. As a reminder, Radio I is a reading service intended for people who are blind or have other disabilities that make it difficult to read printed material. Headlines in this morning's Herald Leader Sports <clears throat> online. Well, there's a change of plans for one of the UK's players from this past season. That would be Yugana Onyenzo. And he'll be back with uh, Kentucky next year. First had some indecision about what he was going to do. But now, a few weeks before his name showed up in the college basketball transfer portal, Kentucky freshman Yugana Onyenzo made it clear that he wanted to spend most of, <clears throat> spend next season with the Cats. This is from Ben Roberts, who covers Kentucky basketball. And now he'll be back in Lexington after all. Onyenzo, a six foot eleven center from Nigeria, is out of the portal and will return to UK for the 2023-24 season. He played only 110 minutes over 16 games during his freshman year, averaging 2.5 points and 2.6 rebounds and one block shot, <clears throat> and showed flashes of considerable potential after arriving <clears throat> excuse me, on Kentucky's campus late in the summer. Toward the end of the 2022-23 season, UK coach John Calipari teased a possible breakout sophomore year for Onyenzo, who was just 17 years old when he joined the Wildcats program last August and missed much of the team's season, including the summer and exhibition trip uh, to the Bahamas due to his late arrival. At the end of the day, my guess is he'll be, if not the best, one of the best big guys in the country next year, Calipari said last month. Onyenzo told the Herald Leader at the NCAA tournament that he understood his lack of playing time as a freshman. He played in just one game over the final eight weeks of the season and enjoyed his first year with the Cats anyway, feeling he had gained a great introduction to college basketball and had learned a lot of practicing, and had learned a lot <clears throat> practicing against reigning National Player of the Year, Oscar Shibway, and other UK front court players. It's like a dream come true. I've never been wanting to play for Kentucky. I've been wanting to play for Kentucky, he said in an interview with the Herald later, the day after the UK's victory over Providence, and I know I'm not really playing now, but I'm waiting for my time. I understand that I have, that I've got seniors in front of me, I understand giving them the time to play, at the end of the day, I know that I'm a freshman, and I'll have to wait for my time to come. 
Onyenso also declared in that interview that he would definitely be back at Kentucky next season. Calipari was also on the record saying he saw a bright future for Onyenso at UK, beginning with a much bigger role in the 2023-24 season. But there was a buzz everywhere in college basketball that some in the teenager circle were already advising him to enter the transfer portal and explore options outside of Kentucky. Sure enough, Yanyenzo's name popped up in the transfer portal last week, though it was notable that neither the player nor Calipari made any public comment or acknowledgement that he planned to transfer. Behind the scenes, it was clear that Onyenso still wanted to return to Lexington, and Calipari still hoped to have him for next season's roster, and that's what is going to happen. I'm back and I'm looking forward to chasing my dreams of winning a national championship with my brothers. Go Cats, Onyenso said in announcing his intention to return to Kentucky on Wednesday night. Onyenso will join incoming recruit Aaron Bradshaw, a seven-footer from Camden, New Jersey, in the Wildcats' front court, which still has a few question marks as off-season roster moves continue. Sheboy has declared for the NBA draft, but he's keeping his options to return to college basketball open and is not widely projected as a pick this year. Junior power forward Lance Ware is expected to return for a fourth season at Kentucky, and sophomore guard Damian Collins, a former McDonald's All-American, has still not made a decision on his future, though he could enter the transfer portal. The deadline to enter the portal is May the 11th, while the deadline for players like Sheboy to remove their name from the NBA draft and retain NCAA eligibility is May the 31st. With Onyenso and Bradshaw, the Cats could have a formidable, if unproven, front court tandem for the 2023-24 season. Onyenso is viewed as a potentially elite shot blocker and has continued to work on his offensive game including extending his jump shot further into the mid-range. Bradshaw is the number two overall recruit in the 2023 class, according to 24-7 Sports, and he has the reputation as a versatile offensive player with the potential to be a top-notch defender. UK coaches, including Calipari, have talked about the possibility of playing both players at the same time next season. Kind of a return to the old Twin Towers that Kentucky had years ago with Sam Bowie and Melvin Turpin. Also, more basketball news as we go back to the front page of the Herald Leader, and this has to do with one of their recruits coming in, Dillingham, and over time elite needed each other, both benefited from his time in Atlanta. This is a um, story written also by uh, this is Cameron Drummond of the Herald Leader Sports. Robert Dillingham's final prep stop has taken him back to the start, a winding road down from Hickory, North Carolina, 
<clears throat> took Bellingham first to Combine Academy in North Carolina, then to Donda Academy in California, and lastly to Atlanta, where he has become one of the most famous and talented players associated with Overtime Elite, uh, better known by the moniker OTE. The Professional Basketball League brought Dillingham in at the 11th hour last fall after the situation of Donda Academy um, became available, uh, untenable rather. Dillingham's basic need was met at OTE. He had a high-level place to play basketball for a few months ahead of his arrival at Kentucky as one of the centerpieces of John Calipari's top-ranked 2023 class. But Dillingham eventually found comfort in his surroundings in Overtime Elite, located in Atlanta's upscale Atlantic Station neighborhood. Overtime Elite's 2022-23 roster featured a fellow North Carolina native in Trey Parker, as well as a wide swath of Southeastern Conference basketball talent that's well acquainted with Dillingham as a person and player. I've been, I've seen Rob grow from little Rob with a big afro to now he's getting ready to go to Kentucky, said Overtime Elite's uh, Canaan Carlisle, a four-star Stanford signee from the Atlanta suburbs who's known Dillingham since the fifth grade. He, it's amazing to see how he, how him, how he has grown over that time. Only weeks remain until Dillingham, a Kentucky signee who has probably committed to North Carolina, who previously committed to North Carolina State, leaves OTA set up, OTE set up for Lexington, and the outsized expectations set to greet his Kentucky recruiting class. Dillingham has mostly opted out for doing on-record media interviews since joining Overtime Elite in November, so plenty of mystery with him still remains. A player with supreme speed and wall-handling ability, Dillingham currently comes with concerns about an in inconsistent scoring ability as well as defensive lapses that won't fly at the college level. But in speaking to players and coaches at OTE, a picture is painted of a player with the tools for success and the traits typical of guards that have flourished under Calipari at Kentucky. A lot of Rob's situation is that he's so highly touted around the world, the guys, when they see his name, they just get so amped up and ready to go ahead and play with him. Ryan Gomes, Dillingham's head coach with the Cold Hearts team at OTE, told the Herald Leader in February. Now we go to the next level. It's not once every three nights, it's like every night in college. Dillingham's arrival at Overtime Elite proved to be symbiotic, a symbiotic relationship. Dillingham, all six foot one, 158 pounds of him, needed a place to play basketball as a high school senior. OTE, a still new enterprise that has quickly gained credibility 
will have two lottery picks in the 2023 NBA draft with Amon and Asur Thompson, who uh, was always an ideal venue for a highlight reel machine like Gillingham to showcase his skill. But beyond the bright lights of the 1,200-person capacity OTE arena and the viral videos created on its playing surface was the structure and rigor of a 24-7 basketball operation. Three-a-day practices keeping OTE players on a schedule that features direct competition against other elite players. Access to OTE's impressive layered facility, which features the OTE Arena Show Court in addition to practice courts, a weight room, training room, a space for classes, means improvement is largely in the hands of the players themselves. That's without mentioning the experience provided by coaches like Gomes, who remains the all-time leading scorer at Providence and spent a decade playing in the NBA. Fellow teammates can also impart wisdom onto one another. I learned a lot from Dillingham. He's a, crea- he's a crafty point guard, so I was learning a lot like some moves to get quick shots. I think it was good to play with him in the backcourt this season, said Jonad uh, Walker, a teammate of Dillingham's with OTE's Cole Hearts, who also plays professionally in Puerto Rico. That was the best part of OTE. The practices were more physical and better than some of the games because everybody was competing and making the others look better. Dillingham serves as an example of this. His arrival at OTE didn't come with instant success. His shot worse than 40% from the field in six of his first 10 games and his assistant to a turnover ratio through his first eight games was 1.06. That's 38 assists against 36 turnovers. After taking a few months to settle in, Dillingham's production significantly improved as the calendar year turned to February and the games grew important. Dillingham closed the season with 2.94 assists to turnover ratio. That's 47 assists to just 16 turnovers in his final eight games, and he shot 40% or better from the field in four of his six games in four playoff games, Dillingham averaged 18.6.5 assists. Simply put, Dillingham improved as the overtime elite season progressed and his last moments as a prep player came while playing some of the best basketball of his life. He has a good place about him. He has a good pace about him. I think when he's a little bit more off the ball, he is where he really Thrives, Gomes said, when defenses have to shift and go ahead and close out to him, it's where he has a really good advantage. He's a great standstill shooter. I think his speed and his quickness to come over and then be waiting for the ball to come back. He's a great catch-and-shoot shooter. So it looks like Dillingham has a good potential being Kentucky's um point guard next season, but then again, there's D.J. Wagner's arrival means U.K. 
has another ball handling and scoring option in the backcourt. Justin Edwards is a smooth player who figures to bring consistency to Kentucky at both ends. <clears throat> it remains to be seen what kind of front court Calipari will deploy around incoming center Aaron Bradshaw. Plenty of Wildcats are yet to finalize their stay-or-go decisions, so Dillingham will have to adapt again in Lexington, and Gomes has faith he can do so. I talked to Rob about this. You're going to be playing with a mix-and-match guy, Wagner. Sometimes you're going to be handling it. Sometimes he'll probably be handling it. Gomes said, it's working together and working on ball because you're such a dynamic shooter that it doesn't always have to be in your hands to be effective in the game. It's that final piece that holds the key for college success for Dillingham, who was recently projected as a late first-round pick in next year's NBA draft. During Monday's final decision <clears throat> at overtime, a league pro week held in front of dozens of NBA scouts, the Herald leader watched as Dillingham flashed his brilliance and fits and spurts during both three-on-three and five-on-five scrimmages, all while wearing a Kentucky shirt beneath his jersey. There were names, there were times rather, when Dillingham could glide around the defensive edge and see with ease, with several tidy finishes around the rim via a right-handed scoop layup. Dillingham uses his dribble package and speed to apply pressure at the rim and possesses a solid repertoire of passes to take advantage of those moments. Defense, defenses figure to struggle to contain him at the point of attack because of his handle and quickness, but there are also moments when Dillingham faded into the background without the ball in his hands as well as defensive lapses when it came to shooting, uh, to boxing out and following the ball. These moments confirm what was already known about Dillingham, giving some of his OTE stats, 30.0, 30% on three-point shots, 47% on three on true shooting percentage, along with 17.8% turnover percentage in 12 regular season games. This must be balanced against Dillingham's impressive shooting in uh, combine drills during OTE Pro Week, Dillingham ranked in the top three in pull-up pull jumpers made and catch-and-shoot threes made and total shots made. Kentucky had a front-row seat to some of Dillingham's Pro Week activities as well. Several UK coaches, including assistant coach Orlando Antigua, watched Dillingham last week for Dillingham's time at Kentucky to be a success. It must be a collaborative effort. Dillingham has to learn how to flow in the offense that won't always be dictated by his decisions. Individual consistency must improve in everything from his three-point shot to his every play motor. He's going to have the ultimate weapons, Gomes said of Dillingham's future as a Kentucky Wildcat. It won't feel so much like we're going to go only as far as I can take us. And that is a story this morning about one of UK's upcoming recruits, Robert Dillingham, and uh, this morning's uh, Herald Leader. Uh, also, we'll go to some other sports news from 
the University of Kentucky, and that was last night, baseball action, Kentucky playing on the road at top-ranked LSU, and it wasn't a good night for the Cats as they were defeated 16-6. to LSU brought out the whipping sticks last night and beat Kentucky 16-6, to but they have two more shots this weekend <clears throat> as they will play both Friday and Saturday versus LSU tonight and Saturday, and also the UK women back in action in softball. They will be hosting Tennessee Vols this weekend over at John Crop Stadium for um, softball action this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Also looking at some baseball action from last night was the Cincinnati Reds finally getting back up on the uh, winning side of things, defeating the Philadelphia Phillies 6-2. to um, The Reds had previously lost, what, uh, three in a row to Atlanta. And so the Reds get back on the winning side last night with a 6-2 win over the Phillies back at Great American Ballpark. Also, Checking some other baseball action from MLB last night uh, on a Thursday night. The Orioles over the A's 8-7. to The Rays down the Red Sox 9-3. to And that sets a new, or at least ties a record, for the Tampa Bay Rays uh, starting the season off with 13 consecutive wins. That ties a record set by the Milwaukee Brewers and the Atlanta Braves for most consecutive wins to start the season at 13. So as they go back into action today, they can set a new, the Rays could set a new record for consecutive wins to start the season. Also yesterday, it was the Twins downing the Yankees 11-2. The Tigers beat the Blue Jays 3-1. The Pirates blanked the Cardinals 5-0. And it was the Brewers nipping the Padres four to three last night there uh, was uh, no NBA action as far as the playoffs concerned last night uh, an off night on Thursday but things resume again tonight as uh, the Chicago Bulls which made the playoffs with a win over Toronto on Wednesday night will now begin uh, will have a play-in game with the uh, Miami Heat and that's in Miami at 7 o'clock tonight. That game's televised on TNT. And then it's the Thunder and Timberwolves in another play-in game. That will be in uh, Minnesota as the T-Wolves host the Oklahoma Thunder. And that is a 9.30 tip and that game televised on ESPN. So that's what's happening as far as Professional sports action coming up uh, tonight. Also, there is a article in this morning's Herald Leader from some um, horse racing news, and that is the headline: A two-time Breeders' Cup champion returns to Keeneland for Friday's Makers Mark Mile. This is from uh, well, it's from Herald Leader staff reports. A superstar from Ireland is the 3-5 to five morning line favorite for Friday's 
$600,000 Grade 1 Maker's Mark Mile Keeneland. Modern Games, a four-year-old bred and owned by Godolphin Racing, leads a field of eight in the 35th annual running of one of ten races on the card at Keeneland today. Modern Games will be racing for the first time since winning the Breeders' Cup Mile at Keeneland on November the 5th last year. Modern Games also won the 2021 Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf at Del Mar and the Grade 1 Woodbine Mile Stakes last September. All three are Grade 1 races. Modern Games trained by Charles Appleby and ridden by William Buick has won seven of his 13 career starts with three runner-up finishes and total earnings of three over three million dollars the his two breeders cup wins have been his previous his only previous races in the united states horses like this don't come along very often lorna ford who has been modern games regular exercise writer this entire his entire career i didn't know he had come he had become what he has but he has progressed rapidly Second place on the second, second choice on the morning line for the Maker's Mark Mile is Emmanuel, uh, Emmanuel, I guess it would be, uh, the Todd Pletcher trainee who finished third in last year's Toyota Bluegrass Stakes at Keeneland has won five of eight career races, including his last two in a row. His grade three Tampa Bay Stakes on February 4th at Tampa Bay Downs and the grade three Canadian Turf Stakes on March the 4th at Gulfstream Park. And also we'll switch over to some more horse racing news out of this morning's Louisville Courier-Journal. Um, this is uh, headlined, This Arm Gives Asmussen Last Chance for Derby. This is from Jason Frake <clears throat> of the Louisville Courier-Journal. Hall of Fame trainer Steve Asmussen Hasn't missed the Kentucky Derby since 2015, but he'll need a solid showing from Disarm on Saturday <clears throat> to keep the streaks alive, to keep that streak alive. Disarm is the 7-2 co-second choice in the morning line for Saturday's <clears throat> $400,000 Grade 2 Stone Street uh, Lexington at Keeneland. It's the final prep race for the May 6th Kentucky Derby at Churchill Downs, offering a total of 40 points, 20 for the first place, 8 for second and 6 for third place, 4 for fourth place, and 2 for fifth place. This arm is the only horse in the Lexington field with a chance to qualify for the Kentucky Derby, <clears throat> having earned 40 points for his runner-up finish in the Grade 2 Louisiana Derby on March the 25th, this arm currently ranks number 26 on the Kentucky Derby points list. Even a third-place finish Saturday would propel this arm into the top 20. This arm is a son of gunrunner out of Tappet, Mayor Easy Tap and has a career record of 1-2-1 one, one, in four starts. 
and then an impressive six and a quarter length maiden score in August at Saratoga and and opened his three year old campaign with a runner up finish February nineteenth and an allowance optional claiming race at Oakland. Then came in the runner up finish with King's Barnes in the Louisiana Derby that featured uh, a little little pace. So that will be the uh, feature race to Mark Keeneland, which is another Derby Stakes race. Uh, I should say another Derby Prep race. It will be the um, uh, $600,000 Grade 3 Stone Street tomorrow at Keeneland. And what very well could be a sloppy track with rain moving in today. And with that, that will wrap up the sports news for this Friday morning. April the 14th. Your reader for today, Jeff Franklin, we thank you for listening and invite you now to please stay tuned for short stories coming up next here on Radio I. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.